This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Okay, 12 minutes left in the third period in Montreal. The Canadians and the Jets tied 3-3. Sharks and Avalanche just about to get underway in an hour. It's L.A. at Anaheim, Arizona, home to the Vegas Golden Knights. Blue Jays leading the Braves 5-0. That is in the bottom of the fifth. Really good outing on the mound so far for the Blue Jays' Robbie Ray. He has only allowed one hit, and he has struck out four through five innings. So 5 nothing for the Blue Jays, bottom of the fifth. Oilers at it tomorrow against the Calgary Flames. Final meeting of the season. Tenth and final meeting of the season. The Oilers up five wins to four. 6.30 for the face-off show on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 8. And then it's Vancouver week. The Oilers are going to play the Canucks Monday and Tuesday in Vancouver. They will host the Canucks next Thursday and Saturday. The week after, the Oilers will close out the regular season with a couple of games in Montreal and then yet another game against the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, (laughs) if the Oilers do well against the Canucks, that'll go a long way uh, towards them cementing second place. I mean, pretty unlikely they're going to catch Toronto. Toronto has a nine-point lead for first place. The Leafs have won four in a row, but uh, Edmonton right now with the edge on Winnipeg for second place. And as I've been talking about, Montreal is trying to hold off Calgary for the fourth and final playoff spot. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hope your weekend's off to a great start. 780-496-0063 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed Professional Grade Building Materials. You can also text that number. was uh, reading several of your texts in the first hour of the show. Many of them very amusing as we celebrate. Well, I guess we recognize. We recognize National Hairball Awareness Day. We certainly don't celebrate hairballs, but we do recognize them and we are aware of them. Is there a hairball prevention day? And is not I, I'm not a big cat person, Kellen. Is, is a hairball not a normal process of being a cat, though? It depends on the type of cat you have. Like, I have a cat that has longer hair, and so they're more prevalent to have hairballs because of the longer hair. That's it. But is that a sign that the cat is unhealthy or in distress? No, 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 no. It's just that, you know, if you have a cat with long hair, be prepared for hairballs. That's it. If you have a cat with short hair, okay. probably not going to happen as much. So so that's really the extent of the awareness then? Uh, that's all it is, basically. Enjoy your day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, to me, it's like... Uh, you're like the guy who said, is it, is it national dogs crapping on the carpet day? I mean, that's just part of having a dog. If you've got a house dog, especially when they're younger, it might happen right. until they're house trained mm-hmm. or they, or they have an accident. It's like, eh, I'm not going outside today. It's too cold. Carpet's fine. Anyway, <laughs> I, I've noticed Kellen that uh, like you're, you're more and more speechless 
uh, when we're conversing. I wonder if the isolation of, of uh, you know, us not seeing each other and me being alone a lot, I, I wonder if that has made me more unusual and now we grow more distant. Uh, maybe, but I think more likely I was just distracted by watching a Jays game on the TV. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's easily distracted. Like Homer Simpson, that dog has a puffy tail. <laughs> Remember that one? Well, Jays have a runner on second now. It's up 5 okay. nothing. so good. All right. Do you even know what The Simpsons is? Yes. Okay. It's a good. cartoon television program. It's a very, it's a very good program. Well, it was in its prime. I've, I, I stopped watching it. But in, in its prime, I don't think there's anything ever better. All right. Uh, yeah, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three to get in touch. At Reed Wilkins to uh, follow me on Twitter. Somebody did text it earlier that they do find food pictures on social media disgusting. Like, I don't mind if it's something unusual. You're at a fancy place. Somebody's gone out of their way to prepare something for you. But if you just make a regular meal, like all these people, it's like, oh, I'm having a barbecue. It's like, great. So are 40 other, other thousand people at the same time. Right. Or the, the patio beer picks, like, oh, having a beer on the patio. Great. That doesn't make you unique. Don't put it on social media. Mm-hmm. Just send it to the few people you need to update what you're doing. Don't just don't send it everywhere. That would that would be my social media tip. When I do speaking tours across the country, which eventually somebody's going to ask me to do, we'll call it uh, Wilkie on the road. You'll be a roadie, Kellen, because we'll we'll have you'll have you'll have a guest segment where you come on and talk about the slaw. Awesome. Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. <laughs> That'll be one of my advice for people on social media. So I was thinking, though, because with it being National Hairball Awareness Day, and I said earlier, is this going to be, could there be a cat parade to for National Hairball Awareness Day? A bunch of coughing cats just strolling down Jasper Ave. And some somebody wrote in, would that be like herding cats? How would you do that? So I think this is our next big idea, Kellen. We already have, you and I have founded the SLAW. Right. The Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. We have a champion, Roadhammer, who texted mm-hmm. in after a game the, a few w- weeks ago. He has never had to, because of COVID, he has never had a formal title defense, but he does have the title. We are, we are working on post-pandemic plans. Uh, we've invented the Christmas tree that would be a hologram. Yeah, Again, I remember that. Somebody, yeah. somebody else can build it. I, you know, I, I don't even need credit or money. If you want to give me either, that's fine. But we've had that idea. Right, so I think right. now our next project, Kellen, is we do a, a cat parade. So maybe now we have a year to plan for National Hairball Awareness Day next year, next April 30th. Should be, hopefully we're post-pandemic by then. You know, it's uh, spring in Edmonton, so fingers crossed it'll be nice weather like today. And we uh, we have the cats. Mm-hmm. I'd say three blocks of Jasper Ave. Maybe we go, you know, 104 to 107, maybe. That that seems like a nice little stretch there. Or 104th is a nice walk. We could start at Rogers Place, go down 104th, maybe just then turn uh, right on Jasper. Right. And maybe, maybe, maybe we just finish around Audrey's books, and then the cats can go in and browse for books once the parade is done. So that's the next, that's our next big idea here on sports, because we, if anything, we are innovators on this show. Oh, absolutely. We've basically, we've put Sylvan Lake on the map. I don't think anybody really knew much about Sylvan Lake until it had an alliance of wrestling, which is you and me, uh, the Christmas thing. Somebody will make it someday, the uh, hologram Christmas tree that you can move around your room. And then now we got the cat parade for national hairball awareness day. Mm Mm-hmm. 
We are cooking, Kellen. Anyway, uh, all cats aside, we're going to welcome Sarah Nurse to the show when we get back. Perfect introduction for this next segment. She's a member of the Canadian National Women's Hockey Team. You also see her on Sportsnet. Welcome to Inside Sports, Sarah Nurse. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, it's very nice to talk to you, and uh, it's it's great to have you on the show. And there are uh, a few things I want to explore with you, and uh, I think some are are positive, and maybe some are are a little more challenging. And and let's start there because obviously that was uh, a pretty big blow for you and uh, a lot of incredible hockey players with the news about women's worlds, and and uh, you've been pretty outspoken about it. It just I, I know you've covered this before, but just for my audience, sort of you know, your, your reaction to that and uh, why it's, uh, I guess, maybe upsetting to you. Yeah, well, I actually love how you put that challenging. Um, we should all put that into our vocabulary, positive versus challenging. But obviously the last um, few weeks, I guess, with women's hockey have been challenging. Um, we found that the Women's World Championship was canceled the day before um, most teams were supposed to travel into the bubble in Halifax. And We've uh, we've had a very trying year. Our world championships have gotten postponed. Um, they've gotten pushed back, and now they have been kind of canceled until further notice. Until until the WHF and Hockey Canada can come together and figure out a plan. So it's been very frustrating. Um, it, it's been obviously very tough because we just want to play hockey. We want to we want to put our product up to the world. Um, you know, I know for me personally here in Ontario, we haven't had to have we haven't been able to have full team practices, let alone play games. So we haven't played any hockey over the last year, and so we're we're ready and waiting to have a world championship. So, how do you feel when you look at the U18s being played? for the men's worlds being planned the world juniors were here in edmonton just to name three international hockey events like what's your reaction to other events going ahead but the women's worlds are not it's pretty devastating to be completely honest um i i'm definitely happy for the men and the boys who who get to play on the world stage and get to have their championships because i know how much planning and how much time has gone into putting those on um, but to not have one women's event in the last two years is horrible. And it's it's tough not to look at it through a gender lens. Obviously, the World Championships, the under-18s are happening in Texas. I recognize we all do that the restrictions are very different in Texas than they are here in Canada, than they are in Halifax. So direct comparisons are a little bit difficult. But when you look at the broad scheme of work, um, our women's under 18 world championship was canceled four months before it was set to happen uh, this past January. And so it, it, it's getting difficult to swallow. It's getting difficult to understand why our events aren't priority. So what reasons have you been given? And if any, do they make sense? <laughs> Well, obviously the health and safety of everybody is at the forefront. And so I guess the premier had made his decision to cancel the world championships, the government in Nova Scotia. Um, and, and it was very shocking to us because we got the green light. We got the approval from the chief medical officer. Um, all of our protocols were incredibly strict. That bubble probably would have been the safest place on earth had, had we been able to get into it. 
Um, but we really haven't been provided any answers. Um, Hockey Canada has told us that they're doing absolutely everything they can and that when the decision was made, it was made um, without any discussions, any any feedback, nothing. It was just, this is what's happening. Um, sorry about it. So, and look, you can tell me if, if I'm going too far maybe, but, you know, and I do think women's hockey has come a long way, but when this, when something like this happens, and, and you kind of referenced it, nothing on the world stage, so then athletes aren't showcased on television, they don't get all the attention on online and on talk shows like this, and they're kind of training for events that they think are going to happen and, and then and then don't happen. Is like, is would you categorize this as a setback for women's hockey? I think women's hockey has been dealing with setbacks over the last four years, especially. Um, but really what, what we're looking for here is equal opportunity or an opportunity at all, really. You know, we always get things shoved down our throats saying, you know, women's hockey isn't this, women's hockey isn't that. It, it's not interesting. Well, we don't even have the opportunity to showcase our products. We don't have the opportunity to perfect our craft. Like you look at the NHL players, they play 80 plus games a year in uh, an, a normal season. They're practicing. We don't have that opportunity. So we're trying to perfect our craft. We're trying to refine our skills. We're trying to put out the best possible product for people to view, but we don't have the opportunity to ever do it. And so what, what we need here as women, as female athletes, is we just would like the opportunity to be able to showcase our product. Yeah. What, what kind of reaction have you uh, have you got? I mean, you're you're on tonight, and I know you've done other interviews, and you're very clear and uh, and I think strong in in what you're saying. And I know you've touched on other you know pretty big issues in in society over the last couple of years. And I, it's interesting for me doing the show because I always get well, I don't I don't want to hear that from an athlete. They shouldn't have an opinion. You know what I mean? Like, so what kind of reaction have you gotten when you've spoken out? I think it's funny because everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Um, I, I am able to share my opinion because I have a platform to share my opinion and, and, a, and a larger audience, which I'm very grateful for and I'm very fortunate to have, but that I've also worked very hard to have. So when people come up and say athletes should stick to sports, I don't want to hear their opinion on politics. I don't want to hear their opinion on this or that. Um, <laughs> that's, that's totally wrong. Um, anybody can have an opinion. People, you know, we see it online all the time through social media, the trolls, people are telling everybody to go everywhere. And so I'm just a human being at the end of the day, I can have an opinion on, on whatever I want and I'm able to share it how I want to. And so I have so much support from, you know, my supporters. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline and my fans online and you know maybe the one percent the two percent is negative but that's that's easy for me to ignore it really doesn't bother me well said sarah nurse joining us tonight on uh, inside sports as we're talking about the uh, cancellation of the women's world hockey championships and uh, and what that means so uh let, let's shift gears a little bit to uh to some of the other topics um i gotta ask you about darnell 
Uh, I mean, he's in the Norris Trophy conversation, and uh, fans are enjoying that. Uh, what, what's it been like to to see him elevate his game this season and score all these goals and and be on a winning team? It's been a lot of fun to be able to watch him. Um, I've always known that he has this huge potential. Um, he's so skilled. He's such a hard worker, and, and he absolutely loves the game. So to be able to see him really elevate his game and, and take the opportunity that was presented to him at the beginning of the season, he's taken it and run with it, and he's excelled in all aspects of the ice, everywhere, and in whatever situation you want to put him in. And I think he's been able to step into a leadership role, and, and ultimately he's scoring goals, which is exciting because I get to see him on highlights, I get to talk about him on Sportsnet. And so I'm definitely proud of him. And uh, I'm excited to see where he's going to end up this season. Well, it, it is pretty cool to watch him. And I, I got to say, Sarah, I, I can't remember if you and I have talked before, but obviously I've interviewed Darnell several times. Now it's over Zoom when we do it. Uh, I've had Key on the show a couple times. And I talked to Richard. You're going to love this story. So uh, the Oilers did one of their dad's trips a few years ago. And do you remember the fight Darnell had in Ottawa? And then they cut yes. to Richard in the stands and he was... Yes. <laughs> so and it was cool for me to talk to Richard because I remember him playing in the Canadian Football League. Yes, I am that old. And uh, <laughs> so it was really cool because uh, it was they were going to leave in the afternoon, but the dads were at practice. And, um, you know, I asked Richard if he could spend a few minutes with me. So the dressing room had cleared out. So we actually did the interview sitting in Darnell's stall, which was pretty cool. And I asked him about that being on TV and that fight. And I said, what were you saying? And he goes, well, I was saying whoop his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's uncle rich. That is uncle rich to a T. <laughs> well, I think what's even better about that clip is my aunt Kathy, like she gets very overlooked in that clip, but she is just as passionate. Like she is, she's up there cheering too. So I think that was a super funny clip and that went viral for a minute too. How do you describe the um, culture of athleticism and competition in your family? Oh, the culture. I've never been asked about the culture. I think for us, we've always just been encouraged to be the best possible people and the best possible athletes that we can be every day we step on the ice um, on the court on the field wherever we are you know our parents just expected us to give a hundred percent and because we would always give a hundred percent um we would get good results and you know we we were able to play our sports that we loved and we were able to excel at them and so for us we just you know aspired to be great because I look around me and I'm surrounded by fantastic athletes. And so it's like, oh, look at what Darnell's doing. I got to set my game up a little bit. So we kind of used it as not really direct competition, but I would say more motivation um, to keep excelling in our respective sports. Yeah, uh, I, like the, I like the way you put that. Well, I appreciate you checking in the, on the show. I mean, good for you for, for putting all that out and, and connecting with fans about what's what's going on uh, in, in the women's hockey world specifically. But uh, I know a lot of people enjoy your work on Sportsnet as well. Did I miss anything key that you would want to make sure people hear tonight? No, I, th I think we got it all covered. Awesome. Well, uh, all the best. Uh, you know, hopefully see you on the ice very soon. And, uh, and of course, we'll see you on the tube. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me.
it six straight losses for the Winnipeg Jets, beaten tonight 5-3 by the Montreal Canadiens. At one point, the Jets led this game 3-1. So Montreal moves six points ahead of Calgary for the final playoff spot in the North. Both teams only with seven games remaining. And yeah, the Jets uh, and those six losses, three to Edmonton, two to Toronto, and one to Montreal. So all against the other playoff teams in the North Division. Tough go for Winnipeg lately. Also, Avalanche lead the Stars 2-0. That is late in the first period. Goals there by Landeskog and McCarr. Coming up later in about half an hour, it's the Golden Knights and the Coyotes. And then the Kings play the Ducks. How about this for the Blue Jays? My goodness. It's 10-0. Blue Jays leading the Braves in the top of the seventh. Uh, Grichuk, Hernandez, Bichette, Kirk. Uh, Kirk has two homers tonight. So they are absolutely flying against the Braves tonight. Oilers and Flames coming up tomorrow. It's on 6.30, Chet. Face-off show will be at 6.30, and the game will start at 8. Hey, the uh, CFL draft is coming up on Tuesday, and I want you to remember the name Cole Nelson because he's looking to get picked. He's a defensive, line, a defensive lineman for the U of A Golden Bears, and he's on the line right now. Cole, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for checking in on the show tonight. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's good to talk to you. I, I mean, look, I, I know it's been uh, such a crazy last year for everybody, and you guys unfortunately lost your season. Tell us what it was like being a U of A Golden Bear without any games. I mean, it was hard, like adjusting to all the restrictions, not seeing the boys train on by yourself and studying by yourself for the online school is, is lonely, to be honest, man, like not having the boys with you all the time. So were there any team activities at all? Were you, could you guys work out together or do any drills or anything like that? So we did have a, like, quote-unquote season, um, but I think we only went for four or five weeks until we got shut down for it because um, with the code restrictions. and But we got to do our practices. It was We'd split up between offense and defense for the first two or three weeks, and then we got to merge again. Um, but we'd have two sections to limit our numbers, so we're within the protocols and the rules, but that's all we want for season, yeah. Okay. Well, I want to tell your story a little bit uh, first here, Cole. Where are you from, first of all? Uh, I'm from Pinocchio, Alberta. That's where I grew up. All right. And uh, what were you always a football player, or what took you on the path to playing football? Um, I mean, I was young, and Dad... Uh, told me I got to go play some sports. So we found football in the tech town over and thought it'd be fun. So I went and played Kiwi football there and just kind of took off from there. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, so was your dad a football player or how come that was where you went? Uh, well, my dad played uh, rugby growing up and for UFC back in the day. So, I mean, it was the closest thing around here to it. So maybe that's why it does part of it. <laughs> okay, good stuff. And uh, did, did you pick it up right away or did it take a little bit of adjusting? Um, honestly, I was pretty bad for my first, I want to say, couple months of football as a Peewee player, but then I got through on the D-line. I was an O-lineman originally. Got thrown on the D-line, kind of started to become more athletic, made some tackles, and that's kind of where I stayed uh, until high school and then moved back to O-line from receiver. But, yeah, it was uh, got better for sure. Got better for sure. Okay, and did you enjoy the physicality of it? Because some kids have to adjust to the that you're getting beat up on almost every play basically oh yeah i, I mean I'm, I'm a pretty physical guy i think the hardest part was just i grew so, so fast i was so like lanky and uncoordinated uh, but i like hitting people i just sometimes couldn't hit them right because i wasn't going the right way but yeah 
All right. And uh, what took you to the U of A? Like, when did you really start getting noticed in high school and become an elite player? Um, well, I want to say probably grade 12. I started sending out film, and then Coach Morris, uh, I sent film to U of A, and we just went on the recruiting trip. And I didn't really expect it, but, you know, we just talked there, and I really liked him. Um, I mean, it's a super stand-up guy. Uh, one of the best guys I've ever met in my life and uh, offered me to sign there, and I just signed, and that's how she went. All right, and how many seasons have you played now? Uh, I've been on the team for six years, uh, but played four. So I redshirted okay. my first two years. So do you? So do you have a year of eligibility left then? I do. Yep. Okay. Good. All right. So, uh, so you've made it through all that, and now, what are your? Uh, what's your approach for the CFL draft? Are you like desperate to get picked? Are you pretty sure you're going to get picked? I'm just wondering how you're feeling with it coming up now. Um. Well, all my meetings have went pretty well so far. So I think I think I definitely got a shot and try out to a team. I think I'll get picked up to, uh, you know, try out. I mean, if they send me back, I mean, I'm not going to be upset because, I mean, I'm pretty confident at all the work we put in with our team at the Bears. Like, we have a pretty good shot at the Hardy. So if I get sent back, you know, life's life. But if I get to stay, awesome. Okay. How have the interviews been? I know sometimes kids get asked kind of unusual questions. <laughs> Um, nothing too crazy, actually. Uh, <laughs> some of the other guys that went through it, but they've been pretty, uh, they've gotten a little repetitive, a few of them, just because some of the answers are super similar. So I'm always trying to give new answers and not sound too robotic for the, the interviews. Um, but yeah, they went well. I mean, all the teams are super nice. Uh, you know, they just kind of were trying to figure out who you are. I mean, they didn't have any film and they didn't really get to meet anybody. So I think finding out what guys were like just personally, was uh, big for him, it seemed. Okay, now you play on the edge, right? You're more of a pass rusher? Um, I moved inside to D-tackle the last couple of years. but uh, Oh, you've moved inside, okay. So you've yeah. done both then. That's going to help. Yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> Who is there somebody that you model yourself after or somebody that you look up to? Um, I mean, as a person, I'd say I model myself after, I mean, Coach Morris, like leading the team and try to stay with our culture. Um, as a player... I mean, you adapt to a bunch of different people, but as a D lineman, I mean, I watch like, or I see Craig Rowe on, uh, from the Blue Bombers there. He posts a lot of stuff on Twitter and he kind of like works some of the stuff he posts and how to like learn. So I don't know if I model myself after him, but I've definitely picked up some stuff he's put on Twitter and kind of learned from him, if anybody. Okay. And what are you studying at school? Uh, sociology. So, and are you, are you finished or close to finished? I got about a year left, yeah. About a year left. Okay. Well, good for you, Cole. I, I mean, I wish you all the best. It's always fun. I mean, uh, Carter O'Donnell was a great story. Uh, who else? Lawrence, Corty, or I think I'm missing one of the old linemen. Uh, who's the other lineman? Lawrence, Corty. There's another guy, isn't there? Oh, um, Beard, of course. Uh, I'm missing Beard. How could I forget yeah, David Beard? He's play, he play, yeah, he's, if David's listening, he's going to be furious. That <laughs> <laughs> he's probably out working in the field right now. Well, well, good for you, Cole. I, I mean, I love, uh, I, I love telling these stories of uh, of people who are hoping to uh, to go to the next level, and you got a great shot to do it. And good for you for still working hard and improving while you weren't able to play any games last year. So thanks for checking in. We'll have to. Uh, we expect that you're going to get picked, so we'll have to follow up once you do get selected. Thanks for hopping on the show tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Right on. That is Cole Nelson, defensive lineman for the U of A Golden Bears football team. Uh, look for him to get picked in the CFL draft that is coming up on Tuesday. Uh, very uh, athletic player, hard worker, 
and uh, getting this from someone who's watched him play in uh, in U Sports. Uh, off the charts athletic is what somebody tells me about Cole Nelson. So remember that name. We wish him all the best. Okay, 7.43. We're to call a quick timeout. It's Inside Sports on Chet. incredible so before we go tonight we're gonna have the hobo music and uh we're gonna we'll do name the animal in a few minutes but boy i'm sure gowan is great he's he's just thrilled he's associated with that segment thanks a lot for tuning in tonight inside sports on chad yeah it is another loss for the winnipeg jets 5-3 in montreal this evening so the Jets remain three points back of the Oilers for second place. Edmonton with two games in hand. And now Montreal, six points ahead of Calgary. And I guess we don't count Montreal out for third place. They're four points behind Winnipeg now with a game in hand there. So still a, a chase is on. Jets not doing well. Certainly time to turn it around. For the Oilers... It did look great last night, uh, probably uh, a little bit of fatigue, and Calgary played well. I think we're seeing what teams ideally want to do against the Oilers, and that's play as physical as possible, push the envelope. Somebody texted in earlier, well, that should have should have been a cross-checking penalty when McDavid got hit in the first period. But, uh, I mean, teams are, are they're going to take that risk, I think and see if they can be physical on the Oilers' top guys early in games and and see if refs are going to call it. And if they don't call it, they're going to keep doing it. And, and I'm not complaining about the refereeing because that's how it goes. Uh, I, I mean, do I think more cross-checking in general should be called? Yes, but I'm not talking about that specific play. And I also think the teams that are successful against the Oilers, like Montreal, A, they can play physical – and they try to limit McDavid's speed through the neutral zone. And we saw Toronto do it when they swept that three-game series at Edmonton a few weeks ago. The Oilers only scored one goal in those three games. They had somebody on McDavid as soon as he was at his own blue line, with or without the puck. So just trying to slow him down, angle him off, get in a passing lane, get between him and the defenseman who's trying to move him the puck. And Calgary was definitely doing that last night and and for the most part did a pretty good job mcdavid wants to loop back and he wants to build speed from his own slot forward through the neutral zone towards the other team's blue line that's what he wants to do teams know that what is what he wants to do so they're going to try to limit that easier said than done to stop it consistently some teams have been able to stop it in um, in small batches but you notice calgary doing that tonight and even if they even if they don't slow him down even if you get somebody in the way to alter his path, or like I said, put a body between the def- the Oilers defenseman with the puck, he's trying to get it to McDavid, it can throw off the Oilers breakout. That's a big part of what they did last night. I still think, and, and the Big L wrote in about this earlier, that if it was uh, a game the Oilers would have figured out a way to win, you'd probably be saying, oh man, oh man, they look more and more like a championship team. They still pressed in the third period, and they still made it a relatively busy night for Jacob Markstrom by the end of the game. And there were, to me, uh, four saves that he made when it was 2-1 that were really big. Uh, he stopped Neal on the breakaway. He stopped Nugent Hopkins on the backdoor pass from Yamamoto. Those were both in the second period. He stopped uh, Devin Shore 
in front and then Dimitri well actually that was two in one sequence he stopped Devin Shore in front and then there was a goal mouth scramble and then Kulikov picked up the puck and he uh Marstrom got across and stopped Kulikov and then Yamamoto was all alone in front off a centering pass from McDavid he stopped that so five big saves when the Flames had a one goal lead and then they were able to extend and nothing wrong with Mike Smith's play last night but uh, the better goaltender was Markstrom, and he was I- exceptional. So we'll see uh, what happens tomorrow. It's going to be uh, going to be a good showdown again. I mean, Calgary, huge blow to them tonight. Now they're six points back of uh, Montreal with an equal number of games played. So that's only 14 points remaining. So the most Calgary can get to now is 61. Montreal's already at 53. So if the Canadians get eight more points or, or the Flames don't get eight more points, they're going to be eliminated. So tough for them, but they'll try to stay afloat a bit against the Oilers tomorrow. And uh, uh, like I said, with Winnipeg losing, Edmonton more and more looking like they will indeed finish in second place. Okay. 6.30 tomorrow for the Face-Off Show game. We'll start at 8. We're going to do uh, really uh, probably one of the most popular segments in the history of inside sports, certainly with me and Kellen. So it's called Name the Animal. Now, I want to explain how it happens here. What happens is Kellen goes to the 630 Chad Animal Sanctuary with some sort of audio recording device, and he records an animal sound. Yes. And David, Dave, by the way, David Beard just texted the show. <laughs> He's out seeding. There we go. What's up, David? I, yes. Uh, good, good. It's good to hear you, buddy. Yes. Thank you very much for writing in. I, I can't believe you were the third person I mentioned out of recent draft picks out of the U of A Golden Bears. I apologize. Well, you're probably, <laughs> you, he's probably, he's probably older than those other guys that I mentioned. So I was going backwards. David might be able to help me with uh, name the animal. So Kellen goes to the 630 Shed Animal Sanctuary records an animal noise and now he's going to play it on the air and i have to guess what it is all right i know we're running out of time here kellen go ahead okay here we go would you like to introduce yourself (laughs) are you famous how about some animal sounds can you do a red wolf how about an owl the pretty songbirds about a rooster? Wait, so that's an animal impersonating other animals. It is, yes. Good. This doesn't seem fair. Is it a cockatiel? It's, it's a bird, but it's not a cockatiel, no. Is it a parrot? It is a parrot. Okay. Did that well, hurt? Those are the only two birds I know that can talk. How about a dog? Can you bark? So that's a Flying parrot spirit. that does impressions of animals. Yes. And we and we have one in the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary. Uh, we do. Ironically, it was hanging out in Halsey's office, so... <laughs> that's... No, but in all seriousness, what is what is that? That's a parrot. Where, but where does it? What's his shtick? That's obviously a shtick that he's doing. So this is Einstein. It is a African gray parrot at the Knoxville Zoo who just recently turned thirty. And do, so is that the only? I got to look into this. Is this the only known parrot? So that's the basically the uh, rich little version of. <laughs> The parrot version of Rich Little. Exactly. Does our audience know who Rich Little is? I'm sure some people did. Famous impressionist. Uh, who who would be the more modern version of Rich Little? I don't even know. 
Uh, Jeff okay. Dunham, maybe. I don't know. Well, Jeff Dunham has puppets. Yeah, he's but the, the puppets do some impersonations. But don't right, they? but he's primarily known for the puppets. <laughs> okay, so anyway, what's the parrot's name? Einstein. Einstein the parrot. Einstein the parrot. He does impression of other animals. Well, that totally threw me off till then I realized, okay, what and, animal could do other animals? And I misspoke. When I put the caption down here, it was uh, a recording from 2017. So he is now, would be, do the math, 33, 34? Or deceased. No, he says that... I mean, not to be too dark about it, but... There, there's a comment from the uploader saying it's it's around, so how it's not How long do alive. parrots live? There are so many questions now. Well, I'll have to try to answer them this weekend. Uh, David Beard can maybe do some research and send them to me <laughs> when he's done seeding. We got to go. We got to go. Tonight. That was Name the Animal, 6.30 tomorrow. Face-off show, games at 8. Oilers is Do we have the Hobo song? I thought the Hobo song was coming in. I'm, hobos run, the Hobos <laughs> run away. I'm the Hobos to... had it off. <laughs> the Hobos on strike from inside sports. He's like, yeah. I don't want to be associated with that show anymore. Well, you know what's probably deceased? I, stu stupid animal. The Hobo show. itself. Here we go. Keeps on the boat. There it is. Okay. Down the road. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Steak. Make it count. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.